Hello friends and folks and welcome back to Neutral Game, your newbie-friendly fighting game podcast. I'm Six Detmar from Scanline Media. And I'm Mildred Quadri, JK, Real Soviet Bear. Hi. And we're here today to talk about Evo. It's uh, Evo season has come and gone again for, for 2019 here. A lot of exciting games, good old weekend of, of competitive fighting games. And it's a great opportunity to sort of look at where the community's at see the big announcements, and see what the um, shape of competitive play looks like for various games at any given moment. Uh, how was how did you find EVO this year in general? Um, I thought it was for the most part pretty good. Um, I didn't get to catch all the games because there was a lot of stuff happening in parallel, but um, mm-hmm. got a glimpse of a few things. Caught the Sailor Moon uh, tournament a bit. That one was fairly interesting, as in like completely broken. Uh, but I think it was overall... Like, all of the games uh, felt that I watched felt like they had like a really uh, healthy community behind them. Um, there's a lot of positivity in general, so I'm kind of like feeling pretty good about it. Especially with all the announcements, it seems like all of the fighting game does just went whole hog and just delayed all announcements for Evo. Yeah, it's interesting because I I definitely feel good about uh, what I saw about the competition and about the state of the the FGC, but um, I actually had like I think for the first time I actually had some moments of being like, wait a minute, do I like Evo as a tournament and an organization? Um, which is I think I think we'll talk about after we talk about you know results and and you know top eights and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um. So okay. Uh. Just one of the things I wanted to get out of the way up top is this is not, um, I'm, I'm pretty sure this is a new thing for this year, and it's not specific to any game, but they did a really good job this this time of showing, like, during breaks and stuff, like, replays of, like, different matches, and not, like, little segments, like, entire matches, and sometimes they were like, oh, here's a thing that happened in pools that's relevant to a match that's about to happen or just happened, um, but also they could be, like, from different tournaments or from previous EVOs. There was a, like, right uh, after uh, Bonchan had a match in Street Fighter V, which was really tense, um, we got to see, uh, like, a Street Fighter Four match from back in the day when he was playing his, you know, his Street Fighter Four Sagat. And it was really, it was a really good way of, like, juxtaposing and, and being insightful about the history of these characters and these games uh, that I thought was really good. Yeah, like, that probably uh, required a lot of... Uh effort on their part because I assume they probably went back and categorized all the footage uh, mm-hmm. from previous EVOs because, you know, you don't just go like, oh yeah, I know offhand where this person who I didn't expect or wasn't sure when they would be up uh, or whether they would even reach the top 8, like, you don't just have that stuff on hand, you have to prepare it, so that probably did a lot to claw work probably a good chunk of the year to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'm going to start with Dragon Ball, because that was the game I was the most looking forward to, personally. Um, and I um, I was curious how this was going to go, because I feel like with the year Dragon Ball has had, there definitely, I mean, like, last year it was, was kind of the game to beat, right? Like, ra- last year Dragon Ball had people asking whether or not it was going to take away Street Fighter's spot. Um, and then this year... There was all the issues with like um, I forget what company it ended up being. Uh, one of the one of the Japanese companies involved with producing the the anime and manga, uh, Shueisha, I believe it turned out to be, um, 
was issuing a bunch of like cease and desist to tournaments trying to run the game and stuff. Yeah. Um, and it really it really screwed with the scene pretty hard. Combined with the fact that um season two of DLC was not as well accepted. And finally, the last character they released. Uh, one, they were like, hey, this is the only patch we're doing this year, which I think just meant only this competitive scene. I expect we're going to get one very shortly, since uh, the new character is going to release, I think, today. Um, but they said, okay, this is the only patch we're giving you, and we're releasing it alongside a new character, GT Goku, um, who is uh, the most unbalanced character that the, the game has had at any point. Um, GT Goku is is very, very good in a way that's, I think, really frustrating. And we're not here to talk about that, but it was pretty evident in Top 8 that the teams that did well all seemed to have GT Goku on them. Uh, I'd also like to add that um, uh, last year we didn't have uh, MK11, and we didn't have a bunch of other games, like we didn't have Sam Show either. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think a lot of it is also when new games come up some people like branch out to those games whether it's like casual players or you know tournament level players um it's true um so i i think like the the quality of the top, top eight like the uh, skill level of everybody was pretty pretty good uh but it does feel like uh dragon ball had a sl- slight less presence this year than the last year i mean just like the, in terms of uh, entries. I just in general think, uh, you know, how much people are talking about it, how much people are hyped for it, things like that. Mm-hmm. It did manage to get me back into it, so I'm I'm back on the ranked gr- ranked grind because I was watching and I was like, you know, I guess GT Goku's not that bad. I mean, like he's busted, but like the game's still fun, and I should probably stop pouting. <laughs> um, and so I picked the game up this week, and I'm having a good time again. But um. So the Grand Finals ended up being the classic Guichi versus Sonic Fox. Um, and this is just like, this is just the fighting game rival. I feel like, I mean, to my money, this is like the best fighting game rivalry going. Yes, yes, uh, it very much is. It is, um, everybody likes both players, like, well, I say everyone. Like, a lot of people like both players because they both have a presence, and I think they play well off of each other, and I also think um, they don't ham it up in the way of, like, oh, I hate you, you're trash, you know? It's not like uh, when Perfect Legend kept trying to start beef with Sonic Fox. It's not like that. Like, there's no malicious intent. Like, they actually respect and like each other. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think, like, people enjoy that positivity. Um, And... I also think like it's appropriate for Dragon Ball, where you know it's a series where everybody fights each other and then they're friends. It was it's 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 very anime. It's a very anime rivalry, and it's very appropriate for the game. It, it, you comparing it to to like to Goku, you know, for to the Dragon Ball effect was so like it was so perfect because so Sonic Fox comes up through uh, losers finals to fight Goichi. And after he finishes his game, of course, he keeps sitting there because he's then going to fight Grand Finals. And he just has this big grin on his face. He turns to Goichi and he starts tapping the seat like and motioning like, come here. And Goichi kind of makes this face like, are we doing this right now? And so Sonic Foss pushes the chair across the stage towards him. <laughs> it was very cute. Yeah. Uh, no, it's a really good rivalry. I think a lot of people who um, enjoy watching Evil or just like, like fighting games in general know of it and enjoy watching it um 
and I I wish there were more rivalries like that or more like relationships in the FGC like that because usually what you see in the FGC is either people talk smack like in a way that isn't very like it's not like sportsmanship like everybody's trying to be like that wrestler showman but nobody actually knows how wrestlers actually do that um so it ends up being toxic or um or it's just like people who are from you know the same area and they know each other you know like like they've been in the mm-hmm. fgc forever and they just know each other so it's not like oh it's, there's this intense rivalry they met by playing the game and you know they're trying to one-up each other it's more like oh yeah they're friends you know they've known each other for the past decade because they both played you know street fighter mm-hmm. um and i think it's also like I think a lot of the um, uh, marketing hyped it up and it helped it because it's very easy to build off of it um, and then in turn fed into the rivalry again because usually it's um, like like now that FGC is trying to be more esports um, e- esports is like kind of boring when they promote people because they promote like the individual. And it's kind of like, oh yeah, he, he this is a pretty cool player. And it's very rare to like actually have like very intense rivalries. Like everybody knows about the rivalry. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, I d- definitely feel it's like it helps Dragon Ball a lot. And I I hope we see more of it in the future from other players. Yeah, um, I don't know. Like a lot of the a lot of the um, a lot of top eight was like the same as last year. You know, there were some different char- different uh, people in there. Um, but we're seeing a lot of the same names again. Um, and that's like, it's fun to see like, you know, familiar faces, but also I hope, you know, the scene, the scene keeps growing, but I also kind of hope that Goichi and Sonic Fox stay at the top because they're just too fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was also really, um, I haven't played Grand Ball Fighters in, in forever. Um, mm-hmm. but, um, I did like how it played on a high level, even like, a year on because it feels more comprehensible than say Marvel 3 was for me like I could not comprehend what was mm-hmm. happening in Marvel but in this one it's like it's still pretty hectic but the way it plays on a top level like people trying to open up each other's like uh, the other person's defenses and things like that uh, it's mm-hmm. still very easy to understand oh he's trying to get in but he can't get in it's not like oh, here's a ridiculous cross-up, and then the commentator has to explain to you what actually happened because nobody understood what just happened. Yeah, and there was some of that at first with uh, with Dragon Ball, but I think um, they worked on that, and, like, I mean, the one instance of that that really existed was um, Hellzone Grenade, right? Mm-hmm. And they they took they like they reduced the size of the explosion so that you couldn't do the the Marvel classic, which is like filling the screen with particle effects so people can't see your high lows. Um, and so yeah, I think it's a lot more comprehensible now, and it it becomes more like there are I feel, still think plenty of instances where in the moment you don't know what happened, but you figure it out a second later. You know? Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of a, a lot of like oh that would have hit me. Yeah. <laughs> And I also feel, from at least what I glanced over, that just some characters just don't exist on the professional scene. They're just like, they're probably so bad, or people just don't want to play them. Like, I don't know, you just don't see that. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, the classic example, he's it's been true since the game launched, was is Beerus. Um, and I played, I, I uploaded a little video on, on uh, Twitter 
um, because I was, you know, getting back into ranked matchmaking. And I played versus a, a, a person who had Beerus on their team. And I play, a, my team has Broly on it, right? Mm-hmm. And I just threw out armored normals and Beerus literally can't do anything about that because he has nothing that hits more than once and nothing that interrupts my armor. Um, Beerus is so atrocious. And there are several characters in the game that it's just like they don't, um, they don't feel like they have a real shot. I will say we did have an Android 17 in top eight, which was very surprising. People thought he was the second worst character in the game. Yeah, I was so confused when I saw that. I, I, I still I feel like that was more the player than the character, but you know that you know his his super and his assist were pretty good. So I, I I also feel like the game would probably be even harder for everybody to play if more characters were viable. Because I remember watching uh, Sonic Fox play against somebody who was using a uh, Vegeta assist, um, and because Vegeta assists I guess aren't that common anymore, that tripped up Sonic Fox several times. Uh, before mm-hmm. he got used to it. So I'm just like wondering, man, imagine if like most of the characters were viable, how many permutations do you have to actually keep in mind? Yeah. Um, I, I think it'd be fair to ask if that even be a good thing for the scene because you don't, like, if it's just everyone constantly getting hit by stuff, they just aren't, like, they just can't, because you can't keep all the possibilities in mind. I could see that not being a great watch. Yeah, yeah, whereas like when you see people playing characters everybody's familiar with, at least... It's like super technical play, like, like again, like when people, when Goichi and Sonic Fox play and they're trying to open up uh, each other's defenses, um, like it's very clear that they would not be able to play on that level had they not known their uh, matchup or the opponent's character that well. Mm-hmm. And you also get the fun as a as a spectator of like knowing what's going to happen sometimes, like you see one some person like throw out a normal and then backdash against gt goku and you're like oh here comes the power pull you're getting punished for that yeah um and that's that's kind of fun and rewarding but yeah overall seems fun to watch um i i enjoy that i'm very curious how it's gonna perform next year like will it be main stage mm-hmm. hero will it still be supported um a lot of questions yeah, I, I I think a lot hinges upon the upcoming season and, and a lot of choices they make. They are, have already ha- gone ahead and taken the step of saying uh, they had some tournaments that uh, some like official like Dragon Ball like circuit tournaments that they just announced like a week before they were supposed to happen, um, which was obviously dumb. Yeah. And they so they went ahead this time and were like, okay, here are all the tournaments for their upcoming year. We're not going to do that to you again. So that's encouraging, and I hope they they course correct and and the scene does a little better. Yeah, I I I feel a big uh, big part is where it's going to uh, keep having support uh, from developers mm-hmm. uh, because you know Blaze Blue had like a really strong uh, grand finals at one point, and then it didn't get an update for a year, so it just wasn't an evil next year. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, for sure. So I, I'd say like it depends a lot on that as well. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of Blaze Blue, uh, how did you find uh the cross tag top eight? Uh, I am gonna like admit like the game. I think we said on our po- podcast that the game is like kind of beginner friendly. Um. Mm-hmm. Um. But it feels like. 
is so fast and loose, it is nigh incomprehensible to me. Like, I was watching what was going on, and... You know, like, when you watch Dragon Ball, it's kind of like, oh, okay, these, these are really good players. You know, I understand what's going on, and I feel like I could play at a decent level. Like, not as, as good as these, like, pros, but, like, I could reach what's considered decent for, like, Dragon Ball, for example. But looking at mm -hmm. BB Tag and just seeing how fast it is and how much one mistake basically costs you the entire match, I'm just so confused. It's like... I feel like that one is like Dragon Ball is channeling the the hype of Marvel, and I feel like BB Tag is just channeling the chaos of Marvel. I do think the game is at a place where I mean, like I found the, I found the top eight pretty fun to watch, um, but like especially what's in what's in the meta right now are teams where like I mean one of the, one of the most popular picks uh, this year was Mitsuru. Um, and even before the character was out, when they announced that they were adding Mitsuru, people in the FGC were like, oh dear, that's going to be rough. Um, because Mitsuru has basically like a one frame instant overhead. Like she has like one frame for you to recognize that's what she's doing. It's, it's one frame slower than her just doing a normal. Um, cause she can jump and do it instantly off the air and it's extremely fast. Um, and that's already that's already a scary thing but combine that with how generous bb tag is with assists and the style of assists and switching back and forth between characters and teams started to form around the idea of like throwing out an assist that would like disorient you so that she could go for the overhead or the low whatever she wanted um and even up through grand finals like grand finals was almost won by this team mostly on the fact that they could just open you up whenever they wanted yeah, yeah, no, yeah. It was definitely hype to watch, but again, it was more like, I, I, I definitely feel as a viewer who understands the basic rules of the game and who really hasn't been following it for a while. Like as a casual viewer, I've just really had trouble understanding a lot of it. Mm hmm. Yeah, I think they could they could do to scale it back a little bit. I think it was pretty fun. Like I think you definitely saw that at a top level it could still be really like readable and compelling because like grand finals um the winning team was uh Ruby and Yang and basically nothing that team did at any point was like something I couldn't follow. Yeah. So it really is just like certain combinations of characters are able to turn the game into something you can't parse and that's something they need to deal with. Yeah, yeah, the, well, yeah, they already to deal with it, but also, again, like, is, is that the best thing for the game scene right now? But also, I don't really know how strong BB Tag scene is. Like, it, it's one of those weird games because it has so many spinoff characters and just, like, like mix and matching. I'm never really sure how popular it is and how much people mm -hmm. uh, prefer the main series by comparison. Um... But that just like me, like I have no clue. I mean, like I feel, I don't know. My my personal feeling is that the the best thing for almost any fighting game that's trying to be competitive is to become more watchable. I think that's basically yes. always the right the right yeah. answer. Yes. So I think in that way it needs to become more watchable. Um, whether that like is involves impeding the gameplay in some way, that would be unfortunate. But like you know, if you don't do that, you end up in the bathrooms next to you know melty blood which you know no shame in that but i don't think it's the fate that these fighting games want yeah yeah um and i do like that the um, american player won baby tag um i i think that's 
that's good. And I think we talked about this at some point where it does feel like before it used to be, you know, Japan was the top player in anything that was anime. Um, and now, because they had like a head start with arcades and console ports were slow and things like that. But now Netplay is better, releases are faster, and it just lets, you know, the rest of the world catch up quite fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. Also, just as a as a Yang player, I was pretty happy to see a Yang uh, kicking ass in, in, in the Grand Finals. That was pretty fun. Yeah, definitely. <sighs> Here's, we're going to talk about your baby now. Uh, it's Samurai Showdown. It's the, it's the big, the big tournament that, you know, obviously there was, um, they were at like CEO and stuff, but this is like the big come out party for Samurai Showdown as a, as a competitive game. How was it? Uh, I am amazed how a game that has such damaging moves is so ridiculously slow. It is, it is such a different experience watching high level compared to, you know, playing at low level, um, because you know, on low level, you, you know, you do your super, you do your head, and you know, there goes the entire health bar. Um, but in Samurai Showdown, uh, on the high level, uh, you regularly see timeouts. Uh, uh, you regularly see people being really difficult to open up, um, and even like the base mechanics and how people use them uh, are much more different. Like I, I used, I, I think, like we said, uh, I said on the um, podcast where um, we talk about Sam Show where. Um, like the Essen feels like oh why would why wouldn't you use it like just like it's such a big reward there's no reason not to use it but I also mm-hmm. had like flashbacks from uh, Blaze Blues Overdrive mechanic and I was very wary like about how it would play out so it turns out how most people use it is they save the burst to make sure they don't eat a guaranteed combo so like um, for example like if somebody tries to you know, if somebody, like, uh, parries you, and then they try to follow it up with the one-time super, uh, you need to have a burst so you can burst out of it and not eat 90% damage. If somebody does a combo that goes into weapon disarm, you also want to have a burst um, ready. So a lot of people um, would save their burst for those combos they knew were, oh, okay, this is going to lead to a lot of damage guaranteed, I need to have this. And then, on the other hand, the other player, you know, would either go for that if they wanted to force the person to burst, or try and bait it out. Like, everybody basically played around, oh, does my opponent have meter uh, to burst or not? And then when they would enter the, the rage burst mode, then you have the uh, second like phase, which is, you'd think people would just go for the isn for a lot of damage, but what most of them went uh, for uh, was starting a combo and going into a weapon disarm. Um, so... People figured out the. I'd say people figured out most of the game fairly quickly. Like there's def, there's probably much more to explore because it hasn't been, uh, you know, out in the wild for long enough. Um, mm-hmm. But I do think it looks healthy. It also looks very old school. Like I you know we mentioned how it plays a lot like old school fighting games, but I think this tournament made it apparent how old school it actually is. Where it's you know zoning with projectiles, lots of waiting. Um, and then trying to go in for like a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. It was interesting because it, it like it had the feel of I mean like the commentators made this observation as well, but it was starting to feel like like Alex Valle was in top eight. This is an old man's war, right? Like yeah. this is a this is a fighting game where 
it is less about like reflexes and like technical execution and it's more about mind games and spacing even more than street fighter and so it feels like a fighting game where people can stay relevant as long as they've got the mind for it for a very long time um and i thought like it was it was just really cool to watch you saw like I don't know. Like, God, when was the last time you saw Alex Valle in the top eight of anything, right? Yeah, yeah. That's um, great. Yeah, and also speaking of, like, um, like inputs and reflexes, I, I did notice that a lot of people, um, like, even in the top eight, made misinputs. Uh, like, they would do something, like, like a special that they didn't want by accident because the input was slightly different. So if anyone's playing Samurai Shodown and, like me, were really confused how the input sometimes just messes up. It looks like it's just hard to input moves in Samurai Showdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the code is just not not fantastic there. Well, it's either not fantastic or it's deliberately made to be difficult to do basic stuff because the combos themselves aren't really that long. I mean, then I'm still going to say that's not fantastic. If it's you intentionally not. make something bad, then it's bad. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I agree. But, like, again, I, I want to say, like like, it definitely seems like it's hard to like input special moves like I, I i usually see people dropping like combos and juggles i don't remember the last time i've seen a top eight and somebody's just made a completely wrong special like the wrong input like that's so so rare it's lucky that uh, somehow there were there were multiple genjiros in top eight even though obviously low tier character that i'm a hero for representing uh there were three genjiros which is around I expected, like, six Genjiros in the top eight. I'm not gonna lie. Like, I expected the entire top eight to just be Genjiros, but uh, three, I'm kind of happy that it's not more. Um, other character variety seem to be, like, mostly Omaru, Charlotte, Tam Tam. Weren't really any surprises there. Um, mm-hmm. However, I did catch that um, SNK people said that the patch coming up with the next character... Um, is gonna be a balance patch as well, and they said that they would be, they want to buff other characters to be more in line with Genjiro because obviously they notice that Genjiro is pretty powerful compared to the rest of the cast. Okay, okay, I'm down with that approach. Yeah, so we'll see. I hope it makes another appearance in the main stage. It seemed pretty high. People seem pretty excited for it. Um, mm-hmm. It definitely feels like fresh. Like, it feels like a game that's always been there, because that's how it plays, but it definitely feels fresh compared to um, a lot of the other very fast-paced games. Mm -hmm. So I didn't watch very much, uh, well, actually, basically no Tekken 7, because I don't don't like Tekken. Um, So I'm mostly going to be relying on you on this one. Um, Yeah, so I I mostly just watch, like, random matches plus the top 8. In general, like, the same thing I said. Like, on previous episodes, still stands. Tekken is still the easiest thing to watch. Um, I don't mean that in a bad way. Like, the game uh, is very hype. The slow-mo is very exciting. Uh, it's very clear what's hitting and what's being blocked. And in general, like, if you know the game, you'll understand, like, oh, you know, they made a good read because this is a high and this is a low and this is a mid. Like, you'll understand, like, most of the frame data and most, how most moves work. But even if you don't understand anything, there's so little visual clutter. Um, there's just, like, enjoyable to watch as, you know, a casual viewer. 
So I think that is definitely here to stay, like, for a very, very long time. Like, that... I think if you were to ask me, like, Tekken and Street Fighter are probably going to stay on Evo forever until, like, for a notice. Uh, it is nice to note that the uh, the the winner of Evo was uh, Arslan Ash, who's a Pakistani player who yes. won um, Evo Japan. But Evo Japan was such a shit show that I don't think people counted that as being... They're sort of like, well, okay, you won Evo Japan, but that was a mess. Did that really count? And then he came here and was unstoppable. Yeah, yeah. No, he, he played really well um if i can just like uh, let me just scroll up to see the actual yeah uh play kazumi and geese howard um there are actually like quite a few geese howards uh as well he seems to be Great. pretty strong um from what i understand because of his super meter um but in general there was a lot of uh character variety uh he was also up against uh knee who plays so many characters um yeah, that's a thing I noticed in this and also Mortal Kombat 11, which we aren't going to talk about as in-depth, but I, I felt like there was a lot of character switching happening. Yeah. Um, uh. Well, definitely just, like, looking at, like, you know, top 13, um, there are quite a few players who at least switched to one additional character at some point. Um, mm -hmm. So that's 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 good to see. Um, um, and yeah, in general, I think it it was it was good. Like I'm not super uh, knowledgeable about Tekken, and I'm not gonna pretend I am. But I think like as a spectator sport, it's exciting to watch. Um, the quality of the players uh, is really good. I think like whenever you have a Tekken tournament, whether it's like Evo, Evo Japan, or what have you, you're gonna have <clears throat> a good performance. So yeah, I I I think it's here to stay. It's gonna probably be here for many many years uh extremely briefly with mortal kombat 11 i only caught one match of top eight um and it seems like looking at the looking at the statistics this and the, the results this isn't representative of the whole um but it was like it was a match where like every time one person lost they switch characters so it was just like like constant counter picking and it sucked <laughs> yeah I also heard comments uh, for MK11 from the players that uh, they'd like it to be like a best out of five instead of a best out of three because the matches go so fast. Sure, sure, I can see that. Um, so yeah, we not much more to say on that. I don't think either of us watched no. a lot of it. Um, neither of us liked that game. Um, but, you know, that's... We're probably not going to be able to get rid of NetherRealm games anytime soon, so we might as well report a little bit about them. Well, I I, I think for NetherRealm, like, you can only <clears throat> you can only expect whatever is the latest NetherRealm game to be on Evo. So, mm -hmm. uh, Mortal Kombat 11 probably this year, maybe next year if Injustice 3 doesn't come out, and if it does, then it's just going to be Injustice instead of Mortal Kombat. But I'm guessing it's going to be one more year of Mortal Kombat and then Injustice for two years and so on and so forth. Another quick one, because I caught, um, I caught actually a decent chunk of Uniel, but I didn't put it down in our notes because I caught it after coming back from work, having gotten up at 3 a.m., so it didn't record to my memory very well. Um, but that top eight seemed like there was good character variety, um, and it did a really good job of showing me, like, just, I hadn't seen that much, like, super high-level uh, Unis before. And it was really neat seeing how scary these characters could actually be. Zuri has a nightmare. Eltnum is like some really hype 
pressure and it was just it was really fun to watch i think that um might honestly be my pick for just like if you aren't a fighting game person that seemed like a really good top eight to just watch yeah and um under night isn't really that hard to follow compared to uh most anime fighting games so that also mm-hmm. it also has that in its favor um i'm kind of sad i missed it uh because then i i couldn't catch like everything but um I'm assuming that most of the people who placed high were people who have been on, you know, lower profile tournaments uh, so far. And now that it's on the main stage, like, those people are getting the payoff for having played it for so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of Japanese players who were who were fairly well known, too. Yeah. Um. So I, t- I fell on the, the Street Fighter V sword. It's, I don't think either of us are big Street Fighter fans these days. Um, but you know, it, it would have felt wrong to talk about Evo without covering Street Fighter. So I watched the top eight. Um, and it is, it is just really, um, I know it's really, it's, it's the classic game, right? It's exactly what you think it is. It was really nice having James Chen and Seth Killian back on commentary, you know, the classic Street Fighter duo. Um, there was good character variety. The only repeat was Zeku. Everyone else was different. Um, there was like good representation across countries, Americans, there was someone from the United Arab Emirates, there's China, there's England, there's Japan. Um and just a lot of a lot of very good matches. Um Ultimately, uh Bonchan ended up winning, which is really nice because Bonchan has been one of those like Japanese pros who I feel like you see in top eights and top sixteens and then drops out pretty early of those. Like never never a serious like grand finals contender. And it was nice to see him finally get that win. That's good. I mean, yeah. Street Fighter is a mainstay. It's it's gonna be here forever, has a massive legacy. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know, I guess just like compared to uh what I've seen previous years, it was really great just to see how much character variety there was. Um that was really that was really encouraging to me. Yeah, I I assume Street Fighter now is probably the much better place than it was on uh release. Um, mm-hmm. it seems that way in general. Um, but also this was like, was this like the first Evo in a long time where there were less entries for Street Fighter than, you know, like Street Fighter is usually the top entries, but now it's like less than uh, both Tech and then Smash. That's that's true. Also, I think last year, um, Dragon Ball beat it. Oh, but okay. Not this year. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, this year, okay. this year. The winner of, of most entrants was uh, Smash Bros. Ultimate. Yeah. And um, so first quick note, um, people were really worried about the hero from Dragon Quest being uh, a, a broken mess. Um, we're not going to find out yet because uh, came out too late, wasn't legal for Evo, nor was the patch that accompanied him. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, it was a really cool, like, <sighs> the melee people are never going to be happy. You have to accept that someone who is a huge fan of Super Smash Bros. Melee, just in every element of their life, will never be happy again. They're going to go get married and they will be sad. But, that aside, um, this top 8 was the best uh, Smash top 8 I've ever seen. Um, because there were such... It's, it's Smash Bros. Ultimate, and it felt like that, right? It felt like such a great representation of this series' history where like all these different entrants were were representing various fighting styles from the different eras of smash 
right? Like the winner was MK Leo, who's been around in Smash 4 and also in Ultimate. And he was playing Joker, a very recently added DLC character, um, whose mechanics and everything were very much like, okay, this is like nothing that's been in the series before. And then you had like a Duck Hunt player who was playing like Super Smash Bros. Brawl kind of mechanics. You had a Lucina who was definitely doing the melee thing. You had a Fox. You had some like just characters representing every different style that's been popularity throughout the history of Smash. And I thought it was really fantastic. Yeah, I I didn't watch it, but the only thing I got wind of, and I don't know how representative this is, uh, it could be just like a small subset of people, but apparently some folks were angry that uh, a Joker player won. Yeah, I mean, people are always going to be angry about something like that. That's, I mean, the Smash community, um, I don't mean this necessarily about individuals, but as a whole, the, the Smash community are assholes. Yeah, because like like I, <laughs> I I I watched the um, was it last year in the grand finals when it was the Bayonetta mirror and they were just like stalling the match intentionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. think like I watched that and I was just like, I I didn't like the the players, I didn't like the audience, I didn't like the commentators, like everybody behaved like a child, and so I didn't look at anything this year, and I just assumed something would happen again. Um, mm-hmm. So I saw like people sharing screenshots of various complaints from various sources about uh, Joker, but I don't know if that was just you know small subset of people or you know that's a general big drama right now. Uh, I mean, like, and like Joker came up through losers. It's MK Leo who's been like one of the top players in Smash for several years now. Mm-hmm. So it's not like some you know some some nobody coasted on an OP character. Yeah, I think it's just I think it's just sour grapes from some assholes for the most part. It seemed like a, a really positive top eight, and I had a great time watching it. That's good. That's good. So also there was a a Pokemon trainer in there, and it was kind of neat seeing like it, I felt like you saw the full development of that character because the person who played uh pokemon trainer was the one who came all the way through winners um and then got sort of stomped out in grand finals and it was because i i feel like it was because with pokemon trainer you've got three characters in one but each character has such a limited specialization that there was time for mk leo to adapt and be like okay this character is out i know what your weaknesses are and played around them it was really neat to see mm-hmm. oh that's that's so. yeah that sounds pretty cool um hopefully it stays healthy and hopefully um you know nintendo actually supports this you know massive user base they have on a tournament scene but they probably won't mm-hmm. so Next, we move on to the announcements that were made. Um, there's a bunch of there's there's a bunch of stuff even more than we listed here, so I'll have to add some things as we go. Um, first off, uh, you know, Samurai Showdown got some stuff, including they they're adding uh, Shizumaru, the like the the kid with the umbrella sword for free. Yeah, the 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 kid that uses an umbrella to uh, protect himself from all the blood he causes. Um, yeah, um, he's a super fan favorite. Uh, everybody was confused why he wasn't in the season pass, um, and I guess they they're adding him for free because he's just that popular. Um, mm-hmm. so, so that's really good. Um, they announced a season two, which I am I'm gonna be real here. I did not expect a season two to be announced that soon. Um, I didn't expect a season two to be announced. I don't know. I I felt like the reception of Sam Show wasn't 
what what it sounded like they were expecting from interviews but i guess it did well enough because yeah it's i so i expected a season two maybe like down the line and if i expect an announcement would be like oh season one has ended okay we're announcing season two uh we earned enough from everything uh to finance one but i guess they now like either they have other um investments or like the game was profitable enough i'm assuming the game was actually profitable enough for a second season and i'm really surprised by that um in a good way and they announced Mm -hmm. one character for season two which is uh mina the archer lady um and according to what i read uh they decided on her based on a popularity vote in japan um Mm -hmm. so yeah i'm i'm looking forward to see to saying like what other characters they add, but that also means that they will be, um, likely supporting this at least until Evo next year. So that's gonna be practically one character per month until um, the end of the year, and they're probably gonna add minor tweaks and patches per character release. So that's pretty good. That I did not expect it to do that well. I honestly expected it to do far less, but I guess people were hyped. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that it, it it got such a warm reception because it's a it's even if it's not one of my favorite fighting games, it's the kind of fighting game I think is really valuable to exist in our scene. Also, speaking of SNK, uh, my my prediction was wrong. I thought the SNK would be like we have KOF fourteen. We're not gonna do another KOF. We're gonna do Garo, and instead they're doing KOF fifteen. So mm-hmm. they just said that just a teaser, um, nothing else. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's the it's the easier one for them because they don't have to do like. You know, if you do grow, you have to be like, okay, let's let's iterate on these character designs. It's like, what's the what's, you know, rocks gone through, you know, ten years of aging or whatever, and you got to come up with new characters and you got to have a story. Whereas KOF fifteen, they can just be like, oh, it's a dream match. Here's a bunch of characters. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll see how they do that. Um, I'm very curious to see what visual style they will go for, uh, because uh, the jump from. Uh, KOF 14 to Sam Show was pretty big, um, but yeah, also true. Sam Show's visual aesthetic is inspired by um, a lot of like traditional um, like art. So mm-hmm. I wonder how KOF 15 is gonna look. It's definitely not gonna be sprite based. Like that's never gonna happen. But um, it'll it'll probably need to look better than 14. Yeah, it's it's you know what. Do do Hibiki uh, Takane from Last Blade 2. Put her in. She's an SNK character. Put her in. I'd That's all I want. I'd be fine with that. Uh, next set of announcements, we have uh, uh, BB Tag 2.0, which is going to have uh, nine new characters. Um, with, like, I, the most, the least surprising announcement was another Ruby character, which is uh, Neapolitan, who's, uh, like, sort of a I guess I'll say antagonist. It's complicated, um, but she's cool. Uh, the theme of Evo is uh, fighting with an umbrella, apparently, because her and Shizumaru. Um, but then, it, this this one's yours. You get to do this one. Okay, okay. We're gonna go first. We're gonna go with the less surprising one, which is Senran Kagura. So they're adding mm-hmm. uh, Yuki from Senran Kagura. I am not surprised by that one at all because Mori went on record several times that he really likes Senran Kagura. And there have been like hints that they want to include them early on, 
in the game from data mining. So, like, that one comes as no surprise. I'm kind of like, okay, Senran Kagura, whatever. They kind of fit in with the rest of Mori's aesthetic anyway. The only disappointing thing is they don't have the lady who can turn big and do some gigantic stepping on you thing. Or they don't have <laughs> the, like, drumming on a lady's bare-ass cheeks. Or, you know, all the all the great Senron Kagura well, hits. At well, least not yet. Well, well, technically, technically, it's Senron Kagura Estival Versus, which is the weirdest one because that is the spin-off beach episode, uh, Senron Kagura. Which is the only Senron Kagura I've actually played, and that is where the drum lady is, so maybe they will actually add her. Maybe, maybe. Because there are there are six unannounced slots, it's true. Yeah. Okay, now for the like actually ridiculous one. I cannot believe this is happening. Like I joked about this several times and they're actually doing it. They're adding Akatsuki Blitzkamp to fucking BB Tag, and I am so beside myself. Um because even like last week I was joking around with my colleague, like we were playing Under Night and I played Akatsuki. And we were joking because he was so annoyed with Akatsuki, and I'm like, oh, they're gonna put Akatsuki in everything, don't worry, they're gonna put him in BB Tag, like, that's gonna be the new announcement. But, like, I never thought they would actually put him in. Um, Mm -hmm. But then comes the even more ridiculous part, where it's like, okay, they're adding Akatsuki Blitzkopf as a franchise, they have to add the tank, and they're actually adding the tank. They're adding the the fucking Blitz tank from Akatsuki Blitzkopf, I cannot believe it. Uh, a, a massive tank with like a towering like neck with a skull on it. It is so 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 if they just add a Katsuki as like a single character, and I'm like, okay, he's an under knight. They're just gonna like you know repurpose the sprite and stuff like that. I can get behind that. Like if he was the solo entry from a Katsuki Blitzkampf, I I'd be like, yeah, sure, whatever. But as soon as you go, we have two slots for a Katsuki Blitzkampf. The only other character you can put in is a tank, because if you don't put in the tank, everybody's gonna ask you why isn't the tank in the game. And if you put in the tank, then everybody's gonna ask you why the heck is the tank in the game. Uh, there is one thing I would like to clear up, partially because I don't know if I said it on this podcast, but I have gotten this wrong before myself. I've said that you can't play Akatsuki because he's a he's a Nazi, right? Oh uh, yeah. That is wrong. Uh that's not true. Okay, so, so, he is not a Nazi. There are actual Nazis in in his game, and there are evil people. He is, however, uh, a soldier of the Imperial Army from World War II era that was frozen for, like, 50 years. Sure, but, you know, and he's, he's waking up in a modern time, and now the only Imperialist Japanese character in the game is also an enemy. And yeah. he's basically Japanese Superman, or not Superman, uh, Captain America. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. Like, like, yeah, uh, I, I got that wrong before. Um, yeah. Again, it's not a franchise I expected to be included because. Sure, sure. Like, like I, 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 I'm just like so baffled because, you know, like when people who like Ruby were, you know, oh, here's a BB tag release trailer. Whoops, there's Ruby inside. And people were like, what? How, how is this in? And everybody was, like, so confused. And I was like, oh, okay, makes sense. Like, they look like Guilty Gear characters anyway. Um, but then, like, you put in Akatsuki Blitzkamp, that's my reaction. Like, how is this game in? It's a niche, like, fighting game from Japan that barely anyone knows. And the only reason people know of it is because Akatsuki is from... Um, uh, and Undernight is a guest character, and even then, a lot of people don't know he's a guest character. So it's like, it's such a niche choice, I'm so confused by it. 
Well, I mean, part of it, I think, is just the fact that, like, I mean, hey, if you're going the route they have, which is, like, how many guest characters can we get, like, from different franchises? Like, they're up to seven different franchises that are in the game now. Um, or they will be, at least, by the time 2.0 hits. Maybe more. There are still, there are still, I'm sorry, I miscounted before, five characters they haven't revealed. Um, that one's a cheap get. Yeah. I can only imagine it did not cost them a lot to get Akatsuki Blitzkampf on board. Yeah, I, I I am just like I'm just so confused. And also, last year when they announced BB Tag, I tweeted as a joke, and I completely forgot about this, I tweeted Dark System Works as a joke. Um, a screenshot of Akatsuki Blitzkampf with the tank, and I told him, Hey, I'm a big fan of the game. Like would you consider adding the tank from Akatsuki Blitzkampf? And somebody dug that out after the Evo announcement, and now like everybody has rediscovered it. I am like, oh my god, I am never asking for anything again. <laughs> Why? It's great. It's so like, you did a good job. Like I said, I said like BB tag like looks very confusing and intimidating, but I'm gonna have to just like get this on principle and just play it for a while at this point. Oh, you don't have BB tag? <laughs> oh no, no, I meant I'm gonna have to get season two. Oh, okay, yeah, yes, you will. <laughs> Yes. But yeah, um, I'm very curious to see. Like, if they add, like, at least, like, one more character from Senran Kagura, that will probably. That's probably a given. Um, yeah, I assume they're going to add another character from Senran Kagura. I would expect another character from Arcana Heart. Yes. Because right now there's only one in the game. Yes. Um, and, you know, obviously we'll get. You'll get more from. You know, it would be neat if they added a character from Persona 5. I bet it won't happen yet, though. Oh man, Joker would be wild. Just have him invade every fighting game. Uh, that would be pretty crazy. I, I, um, I, yeah, I don't know what uh, I'm trying to like now. Now I'm like paranoid. And I'm like, which obscure fighting game franchise can they dig out and add? Like just out of left field. Um, the only thing I can think of, um, and if this ends up being true, we can. I'm, we're just gonna like like post this like as my prediction. That I'm gonna play the lottery. The only thing I can think of is if they add, like, Last Blade characters. Because I know at least, like, Daisuke liked Last Blade a lot, or was involved in Last Blade. So maybe they'll add SNK characters? Who knows? Hmm. And SNK does seem to be pretty open to crossovers these days. Yeah, yeah. So that might be... that. that that's my, like, unlikely bet. It seems more plausible than the Blitz tank anyway, so I'll just go with that. <laughs> The animations on the Blitz tank. I've only ever seen screenshots from from the game, the original game before. But it's just like this like just like whacking you with the shins with its trank heads and then opening up to reveal a giant laser cannon. I don't even I don't even know who like pair up with the tank. Like like I don't even know who makes sense to play in a team with the tank. The funniest image related to that is someone being like, hey, remember Merkava's, like, grab you and, like, tornado spin you over his head? He's going to be able to do that with a tank now. Oh, God. We are blessed. We are truly blessed. Um, speaking of which, uh, Tekken Season 3. Speaking of blessed, yes. Um, uh, they're adding Zafina, which is a character I forgot existed, but I guess a lot of people missed her, so that's good. Yeah. Yeah, apparently apparently she's popular, but the bigger thing, I feel like, is the crossover... No, wait, no, wrong game. In fact, it's not on this list. Um, also by Bandai Namco is Street Fighter... Or, not Street Fighter. <laughs> Soul Calibur. Is, yeah, Soul Calibur. Um, six. 
and uh, they're adding some new characters to that. First off, they're adding Cassandra, who is, you know, Sophia's mom. Yeah. yeah, and out now. Um, they're doing a full season two, including Haomaru from Samurai Showdown. Yeah. Uh, speaking of unlikely seasons, I did not expect a season two Soul Calibur. Like, that is... Yeah, me either. That is, like... I, I expected that less than Samurai Showdown. So I'm surprised by that. To be honest, I thought their their DLC for season one was bad. So I'm pretty surprised. Yeah. But yeah, uh, going back to Tekken, Zafina and one new confirmed character whose name I actually don't remember. Uh, Leroy Smith? I Leroy think. Smith, yeah. yeah. Uh, who is a African-American martial artist, badass grandpa. Uh, looks pretty cool. He's cool, cool old dude in sunglasses. He seemed alright. Yeah, he seems pretty neat. That that's my takeaway. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm surprised uh, they didn't announce was... any like guest characters. Like I expected at least like a teaser for whatever their next uh, big guest character is this season. Well, I assume it's because you know the same company had Halmaro to announce, so they can hold off with another. You know, their their stock are already going up. They're okay. <laughs> um. Uh, Street Fighter Five uh, announced season four early by accident, and then announced it again properly at the show. Um, Poison, uh, what's her name? Like Lucina or something? So like a cop lady? Uh, Luz- uh, Lucia, Lucia. Yeah, Lucia. She is a she is the s- second playable character in Final Fight Three. Cool. I love cops. Yeah, she's a cop. Um, yeah, Poison who. Cosplays as a cop sometimes, and E Honda. Well, if you cosplay as if you cosplay as a cop to mock cops, I'm down with that. That's okay. <laughs> you get a pass. Well, um, and yeah, E Honda, the last of the World Warriors, is here. Too late. Um, it's too late. Mike Ross is already gone. You're not getting him back. <laughs> you might. You might. I don't think. I don't think he'd announce anything. But I could. I would not be that surprised if next year at Evo. They were just like, and coming up to this, st- Mike Ross. Okay, and he's just like, like a hat low over his eyes and he, like full beard. No, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. He wouldn't enter as Mike Ross because like he's been on Guilty Gear tournaments, low key, and entering under like different names and just confusing oh, commentators. But yeah, uh, E Honda. I'm happy that the OG Street Fighter Two cast is finally there. I think the OG Street Fighter Two cast sucks. Well. Yeah, but E Honda <laughs> at least has a good bath stage. Sure, sure, and at least he's a racist caricature of the the you know the race of the people who made the game. So I guess that's less offensive. Um, hmm. I mean, I don't know. Do you find Guile offensive, or is he basically like America? I don't find Guile offensive, but I do definitely find uh, T Hawk offensive. Yes. Okay, that's not. Difficult. I, I have, I'm pretty, pretty sure like a lot of those characters were problematic. The yeah, they weren't. They weren't. They were great. Um, we also got a new version of Undernight coming uh, early next year. Um, I believe it's it's. Uh, I had it pulled up, but it's like Undernight in birth latest, no late, uh, C L dash R, and people are just calling it unclear. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah, that one didn't come as a surprise. I they were going to announce something, even if it was just an origin update. Um, mm-hmm. And one new character, uh, some 
weird crusader dude who is not Jin Kisaragi. Londrakia, a dude with an ice spear. Yeah, who likes to crucify people on ice. I mean, who doesn't? I mean, yes, but also... <laughs> um, what, you're saying that Japan's playing with loaded Christian imagery? No way. Exactly. Um, well, no, he seems, like, alright. Like, I, I don't have any, like, takeaways, but apparently he's somebody in the story, and people who are into the story of the game recognize them immediately, so, cool. Hmm. Yeah, sure. I mean, honestly, if you would just, like, ask me what do you want for Melty Blood, I'd just, be, I'd just say, like, I'll just put in more... Rather than, what do you want for Under Night, I'd just say put in more Melty Blood characters. I mean, Eltonum's the best character in the game. She's so hype. So, I agree. Yeah. Put in the robot maid. <laughs> I, I, I'd prefer the ninja witch maid. Put in the gremlin laser cat. No, don't put in that. That's, like, that, <laughs> that, that one's just obnoxious. Beam! <laughs> yeah, that one's the worst. Um, but yeah, thumbs up for Undernight. And last announcement. This I did not expect this at all. Um, they announced a new Guilty Gear. I did not expect any Guilty Gear news this year at all. I thought it was like dead in the water. Um, yeah, I I didn't expect anything until like th- there was a tweet like I think the first day of Evo. Which is like in Daisuke's here signing signatures, and I'm like, wait, why is Daisuke there? Yeah, that, that was wait, my what? yeah until until Evo, I was like, there's no chance, and they were like, like, oh, Daisuke's here, and I'm like, wait, what? Why would he be here if there was nothing to announce? And then they had the Evo um, side tournament because Guilty Gear was a side tournament. They had the side tournament grand finals and just closed with mm-hmm. no announcement or fanfare. And I'm like, oh, I guess there actually isn't anything, and then they announced it later. Um, mm-hmm. I. I'm super excited for it, and I'm super confused because I did not expect like a full blown new game. But I guess they got, um, I guess they got angry. Maybe that Grand Blue, which isn't their IP, now looks better than Guilty Gear, so they decided to update Guilty Gear to look better than Grand Blue. I still think Grand Blue is prettier, but that's just an art style thing. Uh, yeah, but it definitely like. They've definitely improved significantly uh, through Dragon Ball uh, and Grand Blue that, you know, they could probably see how they could fix Guilty Gear to look even better. Um, I For didn't, sure. I didn't For realize sure. it would warrant an entirely new game, but here we are. Um, Kai- also, I don't I don't remember if this announcement happened at Evo, but it was at least very close, and we won't cover it otherwise. Uh, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus is coming out, at least in Japan, uh, February 2020. And has a full-ass RPG story mode. Uh, yeah, I saw gameplay of that. Uh, it is basically Suka's beat-em-up mode. <laughs> I cannot believe they would ever go back to that. Uh, but yes. Uh, Guilty Gear. Uh, looks really nice. Kai has a redesign. Uh, for some reason he has fingernails on his gloves, but who am I to question the king? Um, and There's a battle to be won. The new, the new theme song is... Uh, English gibberish, and it sounds fantastic. Um, and I don't know what else. I don't know what else. The new character they teased looks pretty dope. He looks like a Belgier Rising boss. Um, Hell like, yeah, into it. Yeah, like cyborg samurai dude. Um, and I don't know. Um, my main. I'm mostly wondering how much of a makeover the characters are going to be getting because I can see like Kai and Soul getting a full on redesign because they're the poster boys um 
But I'm wondering, you know, will Melia have a drastic redesign like she did compared to X and uh, X or X two and Xard? Um, will the characters mostly stay the same? Because that will probably affect how many characters they can actually include and how much work they can will you have. Please, the- you don't need to change anything about Elfeld except for her inputs. Her inputs are hell. Please let me play this character. That's so cool. She's hell. They already redes- hell. They already redesigned her once though. Like she has a but that's just costume. visually. Yeah. I don't want her visual redesign. I want her inputs to change. I want to be able to play her. I just want a game without Leo or Raven. That's that's the only two things I want. But I'm probably going to... Probably probably... I think they're going to keep... I think they'll keep Leo, but not Raven. That's my guess. My guess is vice versa. Um, hmm. But in any case... Um, yeah, I'm very... I, I'm just going to be watching this like a hawk and hoping they add Robokai, and if they don't add Robokai, I'm just going to play somebody else. Very excited. Yeah. But, um, as I alluded to before, um, this is the first year where I've kind of started to think about Evo as a tournament, and whether, I mean, like, before it was just like, okay, how are the various scenes? And Evo as a as an organization didn't even, wasn't even a thing that I thought about. But this year there were enough choices um that I was starting to I was starting to have some thoughts about Evo's place in the world. And I think that starts with the fact that um your Samurai Showdown champion uh is a guy by the name of Infiltration who maybe you remember. Yeah. Um yeah, I am I am extremely confused. Or not confused, I'm extremely annoyed uh that they even let him enter a tournament. For those who don't know, mm-hmm. Infiltration High-profile uh, Korean player. Um, he got dropped by his sponsor due to um, uh, domestic abuse charges. Um, and from what I've been able to gather with translations and through a grapevine and shit like that, like he was uh, charged with that and he did have to pay a fine, so he was technically found guilty. But they let him, you know, compete anyway, which is like... <sighs> it's kind of annoying because... Evo keeps going, and the FGC keeps going, like, about inclusivity, um, and, you know, oh, how do we have, you know, more, like, women playing fighting games? I don't believe there was a panel in this year's Evo about that. Um, and then they also go around here and, like, let these kind of people actually participate. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, so, you know, don't, do yourself a favor, don't look it up, don't give him any more attention, but, like, domestic abuse occurred, like, on camera footage that you can see right like this it's not really like shades of gray here no it's pretty clear what he did and that he did it um and not only was he allowed to compete then like once he won the official evo account was tweeting like oh the the triumphant return it's like okay triumphant hmm return what's he returning from please remind us yeah so he wasn't active for a year because of this entire thing and I'm kind of like, you know, I can even understand, like, okay, SNK has to be like, okay, congratulations, Infiltration, he won another game, blah, blah. You can't just, like, say, like, if somebody was allowed to participate in a tournament, you can't just say, oh, fuck you, we don't care that you won. Like, the, the, you just can't do that, like, as a company. Um, mm-hmm. um, because, again, that's, like, sending the wrong message uh, to different people. Um but Evo hyping it up, like, post-tweet, and, you know, the commentators hyping it up as well in very ludicrous ways was just, like, 
I didn't like oh, this it. This guy's been through so much and just like. I, 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 yeah, I just think that's like. I, I think that's disgusting. I don't think like Evo can talk about inclusivity. I don't think Evo can talk about core values and allow this because yeah. there was this famous core values incident where, you know, um, there was a dead or alive demonstration by the publisher uh, last last year, I think, and the stream mm-hmm. had to be cut short because. Um, they were showing off uh, way too much of the fan service, and then Evo went with an official statement. Oh, we apologize. This goes against the core values of Evo and the FGC. I'm kind of like, okay, I'm glad this doesn't go against it. So remember, hit women, don't sexualize them. I mean, I, I guess it will make sense. Like equal opportunity in the FGC, you can hit anybody, I guess, and you know get away so. with it. Yeah, I don't like that. I'm really annoyed that he won um, Samurai Showdown. I I guess like a lot of this, I, I want to clear it up. Like I, I think a lot of this also depends on what your argument of who should win a tournament is. Like you can go, okay, whoever plays better should win. But also, I I kind of feel the better player should win. I don't feel like people should hold up an actual like domestic abuser as a fucking like example of sportsmanship and proper play. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I'm really against that. I don't like it. I think it's ridiculous. Um, yeah. And I think they dropped the ball on that. And, you know, that's that's a weird thing. But then that's not the only issue I had this year. Um, we also had the uh, the great Tekken reveal where they, like, they teased the fact that uh, Zafina, who I guess is like a snake lady? Is that her thing? Um... They tease that reveal by doing a quick, like, excerpt from Metal Gear Solid with, like, a codec conversation with Snake and one of his handlers. Um, And so, first off, it's like, oh, you misled people into thinking that Snake was being announced, which, you know, given how crazy the announcements have been before, that's not that disbelievable. Yeah, they have Negan from The Walking Dead. They have Negan, they have Noctis from Final Fantasy XV. They have some wild shit in that game. So it was it was not like outside of the realm of possibility. So that's annoying that they teased something that wasn't like that that like seemed believable but then was misleading. Um but it's like, okay, they just misjudged. But then uh, then uh David Hayter, the voice of Solid Snake, uh tweeted out being like, Hey, you didn't ask anybody's permission to do this. Don't ever fucking do that again. Did they actually you use his just... voice? Because David Hayter uh, is on that um, website, I think it's called Cameo or whatever, where you can pay voice actors mm-hmm. to like do like a small sound clip for you know ringtones or stream alerts and stuff like that. Uh, so... The videos I saw of it, I couldn't make anything out because uh, the crowd was too loud. Ah, uh, okay. So I don't know. Okay. Um, but judging by but judging by David Hayter's tweets, it seemed like they I, I, I believe they used his his either his voice or his likeness or something without permission and he was like, Listen, you know, like I'm not he he didn't say this, but it wasn't like it wasn't a I'm going to sue you tone. It was like, Hey, I could do things and I'm not going to, don't ever do that again. But yeah, but don't worry, um uh Ibu apologized for that. So it's fine. Yeah, great. <laughs> The one thing they apologize for. And now we get to go on to the one thing that I apparently am the only person in the world who has an issue with. Because um, I even I found about this because my friend Jennifer was tweeting about this like it was this fun, cute thing. 
um, which was like, oh, hey, look, in the in the pools for Tekken, here's Harada, the developer of Tekken, and he's competing. And, you know, isn't it cute that he interacts with the community like this? And isn't it isn't it fun to see, you know, the developer of the game getting in there and and mixing it up with the rest of the community, right? He made the game. When you make the game, you forfeit the right to compete in the game for money. That's bullshit. Uh... So I, I mean, I agree with you. So I, I, I am, I, I, I'm not really like, like sure. Why it's probably like I, I guess most people probably view it as like, oh, it's a cute thing. Um, right. I don't think it's professional. I think it's, it's cute in a way that like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna, who's, who's my opponent in Tekken? Oh, look, it's Harada. I did not expect this. I would probably be like, happy to see that happen. Like to me, sure. But uh, I don't think it's professional. I think what would have been nicer or cooler is if you know he were to go to his uh, I don't know buddy Ono and be like, "Hey Ono, you should compete in Tekken, and I'll compete in like Street Fighter or something like that." If you see if you see how rather in like the Street Fighter pools, that would be funny. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, or if or if he was like or if he was like, "Hey, I want to like, can we like." can I have a side match with someone and it goes on the stream and it's not actually part of the pools. It's just a surprise or something or like, Hey, can I play the winner of the tournament? Just some, some way that it couldn't possibly interfere with the actual or, results. Or, you know, if somebody is like a no show and it counts as a loss and he just does like a quick stand in to like, you know, have something on the stream or whatever. Sure. That would be, that would be, that would be cool. I'd be down with that. Like, like things like but, that, there are ways to go about it. I don't know how, like, I don't know how he played or how far he, he obviously didn't get far, but, like... Yeah, he did not get far. Like, he could have also been, like, intentionally losing or sandbagging, which, you know, I can get that, but also if you're playing in a tournament, you kind of want to play, you know, at your best, like, against, like, people at their best, right? Like, that's why we're in a tournament. Right, and also, I mean, like, and then if you're in a tournament and you are there to sandbag and give someone a free win then you're affecting the results of the tournament because you're effectively giving someone a buy yeah i think um, I, I think in the grand scheme of things it's not a massive deal i do think it's not really the correct way to go about it that's my takeaway. yeah and i just i th- i think that evo should have like as evo is becoming more and more of a like trying to be more and more of a professional organization it's just the kind of thing that you obviously need to have a rule against i mean like we had combo fiend was a a pro player who went to go work for capcom as a community manager and the second he started working for capcom he stopped entering any tournaments of any kind yeah and it's just like yeah no no shit you have to yeah um i don't know man like and one on on one uh, and like Evo is quite possibly a horrendous logistical nightmare uh, and I am impressed that they manage to do it every year um, with all the side tournaments and all the people and the streams and everything like that's that's a really big endeavor to do every year on the other hand they do dumb shit like uh, copyright infringement and like having developers take part it's really weird like it feels like they have a lot of stuff figured out and then some other stuff they didn't have figured out at all yeah i mean i'm not here to call like a boycott of evo or anything no i just you know for for the first time i'm having the thought of i don't know if i trust evo's judgment 
and that seems like a thing that we need to voice before this goes too much further. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Um, I, I, I haven't trusted their judgment in a while, um, for different reasons, but in any case, yes, Evo do a lot of good stuff, uh, and I feel they should be praised for that, and also they do shitty stuff, like, like the entire infiltration thing, and they should be criticized for that, and I think that's completely fair, and you know, like, okay, like, you should say, uh, what's your displeasures with things. Um, mm-hmm. At the end of the day, uh, they are the biggest event, um, fighting game event at the West, uh, most definitely, um, for fighting games, and you know, what what they do is kind of like a glimpse into the fighting game community, and in a way, how they represent the fighting game community is how the fighting game community is perceived. Like, obviously, not everyone agrees with, you know, uh, the snake joke, the infiltration thing. Uh, a lot of people probably don't care. But, you know, from an outsider's point of view, like, this is this is what people see and they just assume Evo equals the FGC. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, overall, I'd say more. I'd say more positives than negatives this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think some great competition. I think the like you know, if, especially if you compare to like some of the issues that were had with like the audience and stuff last year, there was there was more community respect. There were some great you know great top eights, great grand finals, and um, you know it was a great showing overall for the for the for the FGC and as as a whole and for the genre developers and everybody. Just you know, it was a good time. Yeah. Anyway, uh, six. Where can people find you? Uh, if you want to find me, uh, the best place to look is Twitter. I'm at six Detmar S A X D E T T M A R, and a pin tweet there will show you all the shows and stuff that I do. I'll point out specifically ScanlineMedia.com and Patreon.com/ScanlineMedia. And you can find me uh, Twitter.com/MDKII. That's MDK Roman numerals two. Um, there's a pin tweet with uh, various links there, uh, like to my stream and to my Discord. Uh, so check those out. All right. Well, uh, until next month, folks. I think we're going to be doing DOA next time, unless unless plans change. Uh, you know, and sometimes plans change, but probably DOA next time, right? I, I hope so. We've been wanting to do it for like five months now. <laughs> yeah, all that stuff keeps coming up. You yeah, know how it is. Yeah. Um, I- but uh, both on our end and on theirs. Yeah. So catch you later, folks. Peace.